Hello and welcome to The Mental Bakedown. My name is Sam Every and this is the show all about feeling better through baked goods and tasty treats. I welcome a special guest to the podcast each episode to eat their favourite pudding, dessert or baked treat and talk about relaxing, de-stressing and coping with mental health issues all in a comfy setting while enjoying some homemade bakes. Uh, a small disclaimer before we start this episode. Um, this episode and the next few that are recorded were recorded several months ago uh, before the start of the COVID-19 outbreak. I'm currently at home in Cornwall uh, in lockdown with my family. Please adhere to the government rules about staying indoors. It's incredibly important and could save lives. But look at the positives. Uh, never before have we had so much time on our hands to have a go at that instrument or paint that picture or most importantly learn to bake. Take this time to connect with your family and keep yourself motivated or of course if you're really bored you can always binge listen all of the episodes so far. I hope you enjoy today's episode, hopefully a bit of light relief from a fairly repetitive routine. Stay safe, keep washing your hands and enjoy the podcast. Today I'm joined by the wonderful Mr Ashton Jones. Ashton is an incredible vocalist and performer, performing at some of the top venues around the world. On today's episode we discuss motivation and getting energised before a big event or performance, the pressures of putting your personal creations out there for the world to hear, and the importance of hobbies and outside interests. We of course also rank the celebrations, talk about the best toast toppings and all things cake, including Ash's dessert of choice, a classic almond frangipan with homemade vanilla custard. This is The Mental Bakedown with Sam Every and special guest Ashton Jones. I hope you enjoy. Welcome. Mr. Crispy Funkalicious himself. <laughs> <laughs> Ashton Jones is in the building. Oh, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. On the podcast. Mm. Um, do tuck in. It's been sitting there. Right. It's uh, so obviously every guest who comes on the podcast picks their favorite pudding. And uh, Ash, before before I even asked him to come on the podcast, <laughs> sent me a message and was like, oh, uh, mine's a jam frangipan tart and vanilla custard. I was like, oh, OK, is that is that a hint? Does that mean you, you want to come on? Listen, anyone, uh, that, anyone that makes desserts for me is, uh, yeah, good in my book. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, frangipan tart. I was, I was telling you earlier, I've never made one. Hmm. No, you really, can really tell. <laughs> but savage. <laughs> That's delicious. Oh, thank you so much. It's bro. really good. Thank you. Really good. Yeah. It's odd. It's because it's, I love cherry baked ones. I'm so glad you picked this because I love this kind of, this kind of jam almond based right. combo. Um. But yeah, I was making it, I was like, this can't be right, because there's no flour in it, it's five eggs, and like 250 grams of almonds, which is a lot of it's almonds. It's nutty, mate. Yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> so, uh, I was, you know, I was making it, I was like, this can't, is this right? How is this gonna, like, the science of it, I didn't, I didn't get, but it turned out okay, and then I made my own custard, which is quite stressful, and on the, on the podcast previously, I've, I've always been like, uh, um... I've wanted to try and tell people that it's lots of these things that sound really complicated are actually quite easy to make, like right. ganache and whatever, all this. Mm. Custard can be quite scary because it's very easy to end up making scrambled eggs. Yes. What's the secret there? Uh, employ your flatmate mm. to permanently whisk as you pour. Right. Because if you keep it moving and get the air in it, then it's not going to cook, basically. Um, oh, okay, so it's the eggs that cook in it and make it yeah, turn yeah, exactly. into a mess. Because so you, you boil the milk and the cream mm -hmm. with your vanilla, whatever you're flavouring your custard with. Um, and then you whisk the egg yolks and the sugar separately. And then you pour the boiling milk and cream into the eggs. Right. And it's that combo that can often just make probably deliciously creamy scrambled eggs. Yeah. But you don't want scrambled eggs on your frangipan tart. No, you don't want scrambled, scrambled eggs when you're expecting frangipan tart. Yes. Huh? Very true. Very, Very true. good. That's restaurant quality, man. Oh, thanks so much. The tea's not bad either. Yeah, well, it's all, Listen, it's all going well so far, Sam. It's, 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 <laughs> I, should, I should open a cafe. I've actually thought this. It's been one of my, like, well, maybe I could do this when I'm just like, open a, a venue. Or like, I, was, like, I always wanted to think about opening a music venue. And I was like, well, music venue by night and then like bakery by day. Have like a big open kitchen in the back, so people like kneading bread while like people are playing in the back. Oh, mate! Just be careful you don't stretch yourself too far, right? You've, you're a ranger. Yes, I know. Drummer, yeah. pianist, yep. uh, well, pro baker, pro baker, uh, music company runner, owner. Yeah, it's all getting out of hand. It's very good, man. Very nice. I did actually look into patisserie courses. 
Serious? Well, I was like, where, where everyone at music college, I'm sure, goes through the classic, like, I don't know if I want to do music <laughs> phase. I'm not sure if this is for me. Yeah, exactly. 100%. <laughs> it's normally around like second or third year when you're like, I don't know if I can, I don't know if this is right. So I looked into <laughs> patisserie courses. They're so expensive. Like nine, nine months, it's like 18 grand or something silly. For like the, like the guild hall level equivalent. Oh my. You're going for like the top ones. 18 grand. Yeah, it's crazy. Lord have mercy, that's yeah. expensive. But they say they're like, you know, if you do this course, you finish it, then you can like walk into any kitchen. Right. And be like, I've got this qualification. You want to hire me. <laughs> you can walk into any kitchen. You might not be able to cook. You, <laughs> yes. can, you can walk into any, <laughs> any kitchen. You the ability to walk. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, why is why is Frangipan Tart the favourite? You know what? I don't even know. I, 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 t- I tell a lie. I tell you, my granny used to, um, we used to go around there every Sunday. She's yeah. Scottish and she used to just like feed us up. Like feed us, feed us, feed us. And we used to have this big plate. First we, we had a roast dinner. Then we had a big plate of cakes and biscuits in the afternoon. Yeah. And there always used to be a bagwell tart on there. Yeah. And just from then, just bagwell tarts are just marvellous things. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's the combination of the jam, the, the sponginess, the almond. Just, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And ever since then, it's my go-to. When I'm out in restaurants. Yeah. I'm kind of traditional when it comes to that stuff. You know what I mean? Bagwell tart, sticky toffee pudding, yeah. treacle sponge. Traditional. Traditional dinner, English puddings. Yeah. Fish and chips. Oh. I mean, I don't, is fried Japan pudding even... Is it English? I think so. Well, it doesn't sound English, but I don't know. It's probably from like South Korea or something like that. Botswana. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, but yes. The, the classic Botswana. Yeah. Cuisine. You always find out these things. Like it's Jamaican or something. Yeah. You got someone in Jamaica. Yo, yeah, I'm going to take out one piece of jerk <laughs> chicken, one curry gourd. <laughs> A dumpling and a big craft tart. <laughs> I honestly would not be surprised. Yeah, probably. That's great. That, I love that. That's like it's a classic. I feel like loads of people's grandmas. That's like their their introduction to cake. Yeah, is often through their grandparents. Right. Of course. It was for me anyway. I feel you know that kind of the classic. Oh, we're going around to grandma's. She's made a crumble or a right. cake or an apple pie or something. I feel like that's very. That's how lots of people get introduced to. Yeah. What is it? Because gra- grandparents can treat you. They're, they're allowed to do that. Oh, like, parents are like you know they have to look up, make sure you eat your broccoli and your peas. Listen, I blame my grandparents. My weight problem, man. It's like she just <laughs> feeds. She used to feed yeah. me up, and and yeah, I used to just lap it up as well. Roast dinners, and then uh, we, to start the day, we used to have like a you know fried breakfast and stuff, and and then tea in the afternoon, and then another round of toast and marmite in the evening, and oh, it was relentless. Amazing. Be- beautiful. Yeah. yeah amazing. Hundred percent. Yeah. That's so. So great. That, that, I was the same, like, the, you know, you go around to your grandparents and it's just like, oh, uh, Sam, do you want another biscuit? And I'll, I'll be like, yeah. And it gets to the point where your mum goes, Sam, what? Please. Stop, stop eating. Please. I was like, it's not my fault. <laughs> She's like, I can't say no, can I? That'll break her heart. It's grandma. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to be like, yeah, okay, I'll have another. I'll have another slice of cake. What was your go-to pudding for, like, oh, grandparents? Um, well, my grandma, her, she was always making an apple crumble or an apple pie. Mm-hmm. That was like the kind of classic grandma every dish. Cool. Um, and then she made a great trifle. Oh, I'm but that fan. caused a lot of hoo ha in my family because my dad hates trifle. Oh, really? Um, and it's my dad's mum. This this side of the family. Uh, but he he, I think I don't even know if he. I don't think he dislikes the taste of trifle. Mm-hmm. I think he disagrees with the um, its concept. It's like I think it's a waste of good cake. <laughs> <laughs> he'd probably like it but I think he just stands by it as something that he doesn't agree with as a as a being as see like I, a I was going to say that maybe the sponge in the trouble doesn't have to be that high quality but I suppose it's the whole thing about like if you're going to cook with wine make yeah, sure it's good wine good wine right? if you're going to make a trifle make sure it's, good, sure sponge. it's good sponge yeah. yeah and filled with booze as well yeah whatever it is cherry li- cherry, li- Sh- cherry cherry yeah. cherry and uh, we can have brandy in a, in a trifle right I suppose you could have anything really. whatever you want yeah, it's trifle vodka, it's one of those gin. like kind of yeah, we'll put a bit of that in. I had a tequila one this morning. <laughs> a tequila trifle. Tequila that trifle. is something. Wow. Um, if frangipan tart is the favourite, mm. do you have a pudding hell? Well, I mean, I have a sweet tooth, so not massively, but one thing I will never choose on a menu yeah. is rice pudding. Oh, this has come up a couple of times. Hey. I've, no, mate. No. I'm not feeling it. No. Rice pudding. And also another thing, I mean, not that there's ever this just in its, like, by itself on a menu, but evaporated milk. Right is disgusting yeah see i put evaporated milk in lots of things right you use it a lot but i could never eat it out because like you get people who like open the tin and just like and eat. my dad would do that right he, he just like 
spooning it in. I'm like, Absolute what? weirdo. No. Yeah, no. I remember there was a distinct period of my life, like, I don't know, from like eight to 10, where for some reason people wanted to start putting condensed milk and evaporated milk on stuff. And I was just yeah. like, it's disgusting. I hate it. And oh. I think it's quite a classic uh, combo with rice pudding. Yes. Which is probably why I hate it. Which probably, probably why. <laughs> probably why. Like rice, I, it shouldn't be sludgy. It's rice. And Should eat rice with curry or yes, exactly. Chinese or, you know, Oriental, Eastern food. Right. Fine. But rice and, and, is not an English thing. Right. But also, even further than that, I feel like we're, you know, we're an incredibly affluent country and we yeah. go out and spend lots of money on nice food. 100%. And, and Michelin restaurants and all this kind of stuff, right? When you get to the last course of the meal, why would you choose creamed rice? Yeah. Of all the things you could have. Do you know what I mean? That is not high on the list. Uh, nah, it's just... Yeah, sack I, I completely agree. So, but it's just... So, rice pudding's the ultimate worst. I would say so for me. Yeah. Rice pudding, pudding and olives, but you don't necessarily... You don't normally get olives in desserts, but olives for me, big no-no as well. Yeah. Oh, I don't like olives either. No. Mate, we've got so much in we, common. We have so much. <laughs> well, we have very similar palates. <laughs> um, Brill, so, obviously, the main reason why you're here, and we get onto this segment, we've spoken about it a little bit before we started recording, but every guest... Uh, comes on because obviously part of this podcast is about mental health and trying to help uh, you know lighten people's day or make them feel a little bit better and uh, a great way to do that is a little sweet treat which is why we're talking about baking and puddings right. and that and of course a great way to do that is with a little chocolate a little chocolatey treat and uh, we love celebrations mm. in this country uh, so every every person that's come on ranks their celebrations because everyone's got a favorite everyone's got a least favorite and from what you've told me so far, before we start recording, you have very vocal views Listen. about uh, the previous people on the podcast. And uh, I've listened to some of your, your your previous podcast. Can you? Where's the Where's the list? Just Here's to refresh my memory of so what, what we've, we've got, got to play Twix, with. Twix. My handwriting's horrendous. It's fine. Twix. Oh, it's like hieroglyphics, man. <laughs> Twix, Mars, Milky Way, Galaxy, Galaxy Caramel, Snickers, Bounty, Malteser. Okay. First of all, at the very bottom of the list, Milky Way. Great. Milky Way is a child sweet. Yeah. That has no place anywhere near the top of a list on the celebration. Any list, ranking. just any list. Any list, right? <laughs> Unless, Unless you're, you're four. A, yes, yeah? exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, from that, I would say it's kind of a bit vanilla. You know, there's there's a there's a few that kind of blend into each other. Bounty's okay. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't put it, maybe I'll put Twix above Milky Way and then Bounty. Uh, and then from there, we're going to go Snickers, no, no, Mars first. Yeah, Mars first. Snickers. I'm, a, I'm quite a big fan of Snickers. And then we get into like the real, the real good stuff. Yeah, the for me, mate. Uh, Galaxy is a bad man chocolate, right? <laughs> yeah, Galaxy is very good. And then just like Galaxy Type Two, the R Type. Yeah, Galaxy Caramel. Yeah, like how do people incredible, incredible, right? Uh, and then what we got left after that? Malteser. I think, I think that's the only one no, you I'm not mentioned. No, I'm not putting Malteser at the top. So I'm going to put, like I'm going to go Mars, Snickers, um, Malteser, Galaxy, Galaxy Caramel. Yeah. And then Bounty and... Bounty and... Bounty uh, and Milky Way and Milky just Way don't even get They're not in the same league. league. I mean, Bounty, I don't feel that strongly about. It's, it's, it's a nice, a, yeah, it's it's a nice a, chocolate. It's a throwaway chocolate. You know, it's a nice so, chocolate. No, yeah, it's there. You're not going to throw... You know, it's, it's nothing to write home about. But Milky Way, I know, is at the very bottom of that list amazing that's so great I, I love the way that ga like galaxy for you is that you know you talk of it so highly <laughs> like it's, it's like a kind of royal you know it's, well there was a special you know there was a real kind of tough place in my life when galaxy kept not really I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> cue the big sob story i don't know if i wasn't for galaxy i wouldn't have got to be fair if you told that i might get sponsored by galaxy if we you know if we right if we make that story galaxy's great yeah. um i yeah milky way i mean the, the um, Izzy, who's the second guest, who is probably what you're referring to, because she really likes the Milky Way. She did. Her, yeah. The reason why she likes Milky Way is because it reminded her so much of her childhood. And she was like, this is like, it's made a resurgence in my life. Right. And it was like, oh, okay. it reminds me of back when I was seven. Yeah. yeah because yeah. they were such a, um, such a, you know, iconic chocolate. Iconic child's chocolate. Uh -huh. Yeah. Right. And the, the, the previous guest who you won't have heard yet because it's not out yet, May, she, mm. she said the same thing. She was like, she used to go to like a sports club after school and after school, she'd always get a Milky Way. Right. And it's like one of those kind of, like no one's getting a bar of Galaxy Caramel after trampolining this on is Wednesday true. when you, you know, yeah. you, you know, year three after school club. Yeah, not no unless one. your name is Tarquin. Exactly. Not if, you know, not if Jeeves is getting it for you. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
That's so great. So, just to clarify, the full list. Yes. Ashton Jones's full celebrity list. Mm-hmm. Celebrity list? Cele- I suppose they well, are celebrities. They're celebrations. They're celebrations. Celebrate good time. Come on. Um, bottom, Milky Way. Yep. Then Bounty. Mm-hmm. Then Twix. Uh, uh, Twix, yeah. Then Maltesers. Yes. Then Snickers. No, then... no, 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 no. Twix. Oh. Then Mars. Yep. Then Snickers. Yep. Then Malteser. Yep. Then Galaxy. Then Galaxy, Galaxy Caramel. Caramel. Mm. Amazing stuff. Lovely. Simple, huh? Simple. I mean, it just makes sense. Does that does that sort of concur with what you... Well, so I don't know what... I, I mean, I'd like to try and stay impartial. Has anybody asked you yet what yours no, is? No, I keep my... I'm, I feel like Let's that's going to be a Come mystery on. of a podcast. I, mean, you... I can't... I, all I will say is that Snickers is at the bottom for me. Serious? I'm not... I've never been a big nuts in chocolate right. person. Okay. My... Uh, my dad always, you know, is a big Snickers fan and always ate nuts. I think it's just because a little, I never ate them. Mm-hmm. So I never really trained myself to like them. I just always, you know, my mum was like, the, you know, my mum didn't like them. So I think I just kind of assumed that I didn't. So I never ate them. Right. And then my dad would always just clear them up. So if Snickers is at the bottom, what's at the top for you? Um, oh, I, I'm drawn to a Twix. Twix at the top. I think so. We but, have a madman. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I love a Twix. I like a Maltese. I do like a Galaxy Caramel. I'm not big on normal Galaxy. Okay. Muggle Galaxy, as it's been, as it's been known, right. as Luca Caruso has coined it. Uh-huh. Um, just because it's the same, like, if I'm going to go buy a chocolate bar, I'll never just get plain dairy milk. I'm yeah. all about, it's like, it's like margarita pizza. I'm like, what, you know, when mm. you could have so many other flavors on it, why are you not? So yeah, being a bit more. So I like exotic. I like a Twix. I like a Galaxy Caramel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm with you on having Milky Way near the bottom. Mm. I think, but yeah, I think I think Twix or or Galaxy Caramel or maybe. I mean, I love a Bounty. Yes. But then I think like I, I think again, me and my sister both love Bounties, and I think we part of the reason we like them is because not many other people do like them. So you often end up with more chocolate, right? Because they're the ones that are left. Oh, I see. Okay, you know, I see so, the logic there. There's, you know, 10, 10 Galaxy Caramels. There's 10, you know, 10 people. They're all, all of them are going to go for the Galaxy Caramels. You're left with 400 bounties. All that chocolate. You're like, oh, yes, huh? please. Excellent. More and food. a sugar coma. <laughs> yeah, then asleep afterwards, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I firstly want to talk about uh, your album. Right. Which is amazing. Thank you. Absolutely love it. It's so great. Thank you very much. Um, but I wanted to talk about the uh, the kind of process of um, and how it feels putting so much work and effort into something, especially with like with writing music and recording albums. It's, it's like if you're building a house, mm-hmm. then people can come and look to look at it at every stage. Like who the people who are buying it or whatever, they're you know they're there every step of the way, and you can kind of change things to suit the customer as yeah. you go. But with an album, with music, you kind of you you make it and you pour your heart and soul into it, and then you kind of put it out there and go, oh well, I hope people like this, right? And it's you know it's like what you know it, it, there's a lot more risk to it, I suppose. Mm. And what just how you you know what your thoughts were behind that, or whether you were comfortable or just going, I don't you know I love this, I don't really care. Well, I think um, when I decided that, listen, we're going to do this properly. I want to actually make a, uh, a proper fist of this. Let's give it a go. Yeah. For me, the album uh, just encapsulates everything. An, an album, just a musical body of work, is how it used to be done. You know, back in the day, the funk bands, the soul bands all had albums. And albums have kind of gone out the window a bit now in favour of uh, singles People release singles every month, yeah, uh, just because of the way the music industry works now. You know, music is is much more disposable now than it used to be because of streaming. Mm. So, but I wanted to take it back and do it like the proper way and lock ourselves away for months and months and and write and write and write. So that's what we did. I mean, it took us like over a year to the, yeah. to, to write the material. There was nine tracks on the album, and we had never written material before. So it was just a learning curve, a massive learning curve filled yeah. with ups and downs and, you know, um, writing stuff and screwing it up the next day and throwing it in the bin and, and sending stuff on email because it was predominantly Harry, Green, RJ and myself that wrote everything. So we were communicating a lot with each other on email. And um, the yeah, just back and forth, back and forth. Stressful. Yeah. Uh, rewarding. 
tiring, um, but ultimately an amazing achievement at the end of it felt like we put in so much work and so much sort of blood, sweat and tears. And uh, to have something that we were really proud of at the end was the goal. And I feel like that's what we achieved yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the journey along the way was just, just you just have to go through it because yeah. it, it just it informs everything you do in the future, and it just makes you stronger. I feel. Yeah. You know, and you're in such a different place at the end than you were in the start at the start. So, um, yeah, for me, an amazing, uh, an amazing journey. Yeah. Do you have a favorite track of the album? You know, they're all my baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have a favorite track on the album. I have a. Uh, me personally, I tend to favour the, the funkier tracks. Yeah. So Shelley get the funk out of here. Yeah. Hard work, dedication. Um, those are, I would say, more my jam. That was what I found easiest to write. Yeah. Those ones. Like, Shelley get the funk out of here was um, Harry sent over like a, a, a bass track of an idea. And I was in Malta at the time. Right. And I just remember hearing it and thinking to myself, right, here we go. Yeah. Just banged it out in half an hour. Yeah. All right, lyrics, melody bridge everything right and uh send it back to harry and then we just it just clicked that song clicked same with hard work dedication yeah so for me the funkier tracks are, are yeah my, are my favorite but it, it's funny the tracks that you think are going to do the best yeah are not often the ones that actually do do the best yeah you know definitely there's a few tracks on the album where we were like ah, fill the tracks fill the tracks but then the feedback that we had after it from people it's my favorite track yeah. Wow, it's my favorite. What, this one? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my favorite track. Yeah. Cool. So you never know. You do it all. You have your your, your own uh, thoughts over it, but ultimately it's up to the listener what they what they like. And, uh, and everyone's got their own, like everyone's going to prefer different different, different things and different sounds and whatever. So right. it's, you, know, it's, you know, someone might love track eight, but hate track one and you, but oh, I love track one, I hate track, you know, it's, it's, everyone's got their own their own right. thing. I, I love how you're like, oh, that song just like totally clicked. Because mm. I, you know, it's, it's, Whenever I'm writing things, it's like sometimes it's it'll just happen yeah. and it'll just kind of fall out and then it's done and you're like, oh, that was that was easy. Mm-hmm. And then other songs, you're like, oh, well, I've written this bit and you're like, well, I can't think of anything to write for a bridge here, so I'm going to leave it a couple of. It just takes ages. It's just like that, just finding that, um, just being able to hear it in your head. It's that. Like, what is this going to sound like? It's that when you when you have a, a a vision of what you want it to sound like. Yeah. And it's it's marrying those two things up. There was uh, one track on the album where we had pretty much produced the whole track. Um, and for me, it just wasn't working. So I said to Harry, look, can you just send me the guitar chords? Just send me just send me the, the chords that you're playing on there. And I had it, just the chords for, for nine weeks. And, uh, you know, it took me nine weeks to come up with something that I was happy with, yeah, melody-wise. And, um, you know, recorded it, sent it back, and Harry called me up and he was like, yes, mate, this is it. This is the, <laughs> yeah. this is the one. And you just know. Sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it's 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 a real quick thing. But you always know, I think, when you get to the point that you're going to be happy with, because you've had a vision in your mind of what yeah. you want it to sound like. Yeah. Um, so as long as you get there every time, then you're always going to feel like you've done the best that you can that you can do. You know? Yeah, I've I've found that more when I'm uh, when I'm arranging things or change or you know writing for a big band and taking a song and trying to do that. I find I struggle more. So it's more of a difference. Uh, sometimes in the like the speed of how how fast I can you know write something out. Sometimes I'll someone will be like, oh, can you arrange this standard? I'll be like, mm-hmm. sure, and I'll just immediately know. I know I know exactly how this is going to sound. Right. And I know what I'm doing here, and like oh, the trombone backing's there, and whatever. And it's just like it will just happen, and it'll be really quick. I'm like, yeah. Other times I'm just like I just yeah, I was like, I've got no idea what I'm going to do with right. this. Right. Yeah. Just like I've, you know. I've, how do I get through this bit? Yeah. Like, how and do it's I do like, it? Often I, I'm really good at just putting it off because I have you know I've got like twelve songs to do, and some of them I'll just like bosh them out. I'm like, oh, I know what I'm doing for that one. I'll do that one now. And I'll go, can I do that one now? Oh, I still don't really know what I'm gonna. I'll do this one first, and then and then you and then then you end that ends up being the hard track being last, the one you've got to do last. And right. You're like, well, I've only got a week now to before the first rehearsal. What I've got to think of something. This is the thing. Um, it's like concentrating on the things that you're like really bad at, rather yeah. than the stuff that you're good at. But we all concentrate on the stuff that we're good at. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because yeah, we're good yeah, at yeah. it. You're always leaving those last tracks at the end and stuff. You know, the ones that you just been procrastinating over, and you just have to. You have to get it at some point and just and just rip it apart and and do your best. Did you do it by the way? Did you manage to? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you end up just you you know you're often if you just kind of go you like right. I'm just going to start this mm. with some things that I know or things that might work, and then you, that often inspires a, an idea or a little theme. You're like, oh well, this this bit's cool. I'll chuck that in the in the bridge or whatever. And mm. often I found just like just doing it and just going. Well, this might be rubbish, but there I've got to do it. Done. 
Yeah, I mean, I've I've always been someone who's worked so much better with deadlines because mm-hmm. um, I'm too good at coasting. So if I don't like ev- every Big Bang gig I've ever done, I've always booked before I've written any of the music. So I'll go right. Well, people have bought tickets for this, and I've got twenty odd musicians turning up. So I've, there has to be music to play, or otherwise, it's, you know. Mm. So it's just like. Well, I've got to do it, so I, I just need to crack on and get stuck into it. I find like that's such a defect, though, in in the way that we work, because we're all like that. Yeah, I, I, just humans in general. It's human nature to leave things to the last minute. Yeah, but then we, we, you know, we then say to ourselves, "Oh, I work really well under pressure." No, no, no. You would have worked like probably better yes, yeah, if you'd yeah, done yeah, it yeah. earlier. But well, it's no. just we just can't help it. We leave it to the last minute. I yeah. do it all the time. I mean, I don't think I, I don't think I've I'm leaving it to the last minute as such. I think it's just the it's just knowing that there is a. Like you know, like I, you know, I often get the charts done a, a good couple of months before, a month before. Oh, right. But okay. it's just knowing that I have to do. That you have to do by a date. Yeah, yeah, oh, so exactly. Yeah. If yeah. there's just like a, oh, we're doing this project. There's no like gigs or anything at the moment. We're just kind of working on it. Then I'll have zero motivation to to do it because I'm just like, well, what? Why are we doing this? Yeah. There's no recording or no or no gig or no rehearsal or no. Yeah. If it's just us, you know, brainstorming essentially. Mm. And I I work so much better when I've got like a when I've got a goal. I suppose. Yeah. It's like a. It's a target that you've got to you've got to reach. You know, you I think that's because I'm quite competitive, right? Oh, you you have to be. Yeah, you have even, to with, be. even with myself. I remember when I was when I was little. My mum tells me this all the time. We got like a in my um, like year two, uh, school report or something, and the PE teacher was like, "Sam is good at uh, PE, and you know he he gets by with most sports, but I feel that his competitiveness often <laughs> often affects the enjoyment of the game for both him and his other people." <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay i like that that's yeah. good though i like that that's, you know yeah but i mean my, my, my i've got two little sisters mm-hmm. and uh the littlest one who's nine is very much like me um and she's very competitive and mum mum's always like you shouldn't be so competitive i was like oh but she should because then she'll be successful mm. you know it means that you want to you want to do well and you want right. to be the best you want to crack you know? on yeah absolutely a lot of, you know at times it can make you seem like a bit of a knob but yeah, I know, but it means that you, hey, you, it means that you care. Want to make an omelet? Yeah, crack a few eggs, right? Exactly. No, I, I think um, having a competitive nature. I'm very competitive. Yeah, um, and I, th- I think it's very important if you want to get ahead and get stuff done. Yeah, because you're always trying to do one better. You know, you're always trying to get to that next level. Yeah, both within yourself, but but also what you're seeing around you. Hundred you know? percent. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's uh, very important. Yeah, I think way. as I've as I've got older, uh, it's become. I suppose as I've matured, I don't like saying that because it makes me sound, you know, like I think I'm great. But <laughs> where you know, I, you it's the competitive competitiveness with myself. Mm-hmm. It's mainly like right, I've done this. I know that I can go up a gear now, or I can I can work with this artist, or because we've done this, or we can go to this venue because it's bigger and better. It's just climbing the ladder. I'm like, Absolutely. I've done this. So what's what's next? What's the next thing? Um, and lots of my friends have always told me before they're like, Sam, you need to have a break. Like, you know, we finish a we finish a gig and then immediately I'm like, right, okay, well, this is the next one. So right. see you all in a month. Mm. Thank, you know. And they're like, Sam, just have a just chill out, have a day off. I'm like, no, come on. You have to do Let's something better cracking. every year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's got a, it's got a, you know, there's no point going sideways. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. I, I kind of have that mantra, you know, from when I was singing in pubs with a backing track five years ago yeah. to like to now, it, my, my thing was, listen, if I can just do something slightly better every year yeah, and just keep doing that and see what you get. And it's worked so far. So I think it's a, it's the right way to think about it. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, as you've mentioned there, like you're, you're kind of escalating at an incredible pace as a front man. Um, <laughs> and you're, you're now singing with uh, Pete Ray Biggin, which is, Mm. amazing right yeah Pete Ray Biggins is a cool cool guy and um how that came about was I was I had a gig in uh, Devon in February last year yeah and it was a charity do um and my bass player couldn't make it and I tried four other bass steps and none of them could make it and the gig was getting closer and closer yeah. and closer and I called my friend Matt Matt Carter I said do you know anyone in Devon yeah. or around that neck of the woods I can play bass. And he said, well, you can try a guy called uh, Bill Banwell, but he might not be available because he's Rag and Bone Man's bass player. Right. I'm like, right, okay. So I messaged him. Yeah. And he messaged back straight away and he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm cool for it. I was like, oh, wicked. Yeah. So I had Bill yeah. Banwell on this gig, uh, smashed it, like incredible, what incredible professional Bill Banwell is. Mm. You know, like a two hour set. 
at very short notice and he just learnt it, no charts, nothing. It was beautiful. Did the gig, loved it. Then two months later, I had a call from him saying, um, yo, I'm working with Pete Ray Biggin. Are you available to do four dates at Ronnie's in December? I was like, yeah, I think I can make myself available for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he well, said, let me just check the diary. Yeah, let me minute. check the diary. Let me just check it in. Um, yeah. yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he said, um, Pete called me. He said, hey, yo, man, yeah, yeah. Uh, these days at Ronnie's, you're good for these, right? Yeah, yeah. What about the 5th of December? I was like, yeah, cool. What's, what's going on then? He said, well, I've got a gig in Mexico. Yeah, man, sweet. I mean, I, I have a gig in Bury St. Edmunds like the day before. <laughs> yeah. But we'll make it work. Yeah. We'll make it work. So yeah, that's how it came back. Five bass players dropping out. Yeah. Me meeting Bill Banwell is how the Pete Ray Biggin connection came about. We yeah. had some had some great gigs. So really, it's all thanks to Matt Carter. It's thanks to Matt Carter. There you go. What a man. Huh? What, what a, a man. man. What a man. What a man. What a mighty good man. Um, What is that uh, feeling like, getting that phone call, being like, you know, is that like a... Did you feel like this is a big break for you? Or I suppose do you or is, do you feel like it's you know down to graft? Do you know what? I'm sure it's, it is. I I didn't. I mean, for for me, it's always been about the Ashton Jones project, which is what I am doing, which is what I put my yeah you know creative um, um, autonomy into, and uh, I'm just trying to get as far as I can with that. So when I had the call from Pete and he was like, "We've got these uh, Ronnie Scott states," I was like, "Amazing!" because a goal of mine was to play at Ronnie Scott's. Yeah. So I got to do that. Now, the next thing I'm thinking of is, okay, so now I'm at Ronnie Scott's and I've performed four nights there. I've spoken to the head of booking there. He's like, oh man, you're great. Sweet, cool. Yeah. Okay, my next thought is, when can I get a gig there with with my thing? Yeah. You know, because it's one thing performing in somebody else's band and doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're passionate about something, your own thing, like it, the next stage is to get that on there. So that's where I, I saw it as an opportunity is, yeah. is what I saw it as, to, 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 to get ahead and to, to forge new avenues in, in places that are very difficult to get to get into, you know, 100%. get your foot in the door. Yeah. Um, so that's how I saw it. And it was the same with when we played Mexico in December, the same the same thing. You know, I'm talking to the promoter for that now. And we're looking at trying to get the Ashton Jones project over there this year. Yeah. And that would be huge yeah. for me, you know, a, a massive thing. As I say, playing in pubs five years ago to backing tracks to walking out in front of 20,000 people in Mexico yeah. on your own gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's you. It's ridiculous. You, yeah. you know, ridiculous. Amazing. So that's that's how I look at it. I look at everything as an opportunity. Yeah, that's brilliant. Like the, I think that's the best way to look at it as well. Like obviously, <clears throat> if it's not your project, you've still got to like, you know, put 100% of oh, what of course. you can. And like you do, like I've seen you on stage, you know, a couple of times and it's amazing. Um, Thanks, man. But it's you've you know having those opportunities with other other people's bands, you can go okay. Well, I know I've got my own thing, and that's my you know that's you know we judge by it. But that is your baby, like that's your you know your 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 first musical love. It's like right, this is this is what I want to do. How can I take this brilliant opportunity to help this help my project? Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a such a great way to to go about doing other people's things. And the the answer is smashing it. Yeah, absolutely nailing it. And, and making sure that you let everybody know that is in that place, that although they've came to, to see this band, yeah. right, who's this guy? Yeah. You know? You have to smash it because um, the, even, like you said, even if you're on somebody else's gig, uh, you have to make sure you do the best that you can and, and to, to come across as, as a fantastic performer and singer in your own right. Because you never know who's in the audience. Yeah. You know, I got an advert for Amazon. For, uh, I did a big advert for them this year that was all over the world, paid great money. Yeah. Right, fantastic. That was from a small festival in Bilderston, which is near Suffolk, in, in Suffolk. And uh, it was last year, it was like a couple hundred people there. Um, and there just happened to be a producer. Yeah. For the advert for Amazon in, in, the, in audience. the audience. So you never know who's going to be there. You so you, no matter whose gig you're on, no matter what you're doing, Make sure you smash it every time. Perform like you're at Wembley. Yeah. Either in a pub or you're at Wembley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day. Yeah, exactly. One uh, day. I spoke, I spoke to Seth a little bit about this, actually. Because, um, he, you know, the, he's on the Corey One gig and that's very high octane and that. Yeah. And, like, seeing you perform, it's so much energy. And, like, it's so, you know, the, the, the showmanship is, like, so, it's such a high level. Mm. His, you know, I asked Seth this um but has there been a time where you, you've done a gig or like there hasn't been as many people there as you thought there would have or the, the venue's a bit dingy than you thought it was and you're a bit like, oh, I don't really know if I want to want to do this. And you've got to like turn up the levels to, to put on the great show that you mm. do. Um, and how do you get yourself to that 
place of that like right let's do this even though this this is a bit rubbish i think um i think it starts with a mindset yeah and a base mindset and and if you have that and you believe that uh it's important imperative to perform every gig at that level no matter where you are i think that's the best thing to start off with obviously you get days where you're not feeling quite on the money or you might be ill or whatever yeah um and i've done gigs before where you know i've had uh colds and coughs and you know that it's going to be a struggle um but you just you just think to yourself look people have paid money to come see you people are here to see you um they don't care whether you're ill or not they're just here to have a great time you don't know who's in the audience um you have a duty to raise your game and to smash it no matter how you're feeling yeah um so really that's what i just say to myself whenever i'm not on the money or not feeling like i'm going to be on the money or if you were play gigs before you get there i did one earlier this year the place was packed yeah right I've never played at a gig before with so many disinterested people. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they were not there to see us. Yeah, yeah. They were there to drink. Yeah. And it's Christmas and whatever. But I I find, I, I use that as an opportunity to almost turn it up even more and have more fun. Yeah. You know, because treat it as a paid rehearsal. Yeah. You know, and and uh, and just, just, just smash it. And um, so that's what I tend to do. Yeah. That's, that's so great. I think that's such a brilliant like way to look at projects like regardless of whatever walk of life you're in mm. like you know you could be a uh, I suppose like a surgeon and you, you've still got to go right well I've got to perform to the best of my <laughs> ability here you know you could be oh, I've got you know you know not really I didn't sleep this. that great last night yeah, you know yeah. like I haven't had breakfast yeah I'm tired but you know I've got to go operate on this guy's brain <laughs> so uh, let's do this come let's, on guys let's, let's cross yeah. this yeah here we let's go cross we it. come on <laughs> Imagine, you know what? I bet that's how it happens. hundred percent. I bet that's how it goes on. Like Holby yeah. City's nothing like what actually happens. Right. Yeah, there. right. Yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. there, like washing out. It's not like that. Nah, they're, nah. they're all in like green rooms, like psyching each other up. And... Yeah, yeah. So what we got today? Um, triple high pipe ice. Fuck it out. Yeah. Right. Come on in. Yeah, here Come we go. Over, Come on, guys. Come yeah. on. Only three more left today. <laughs> <laughs> Ready for the weekend? Let's get to the weekend, right. boys. Come on. Yeah, I would not be surprised. Oh. Um. Have you ever had, have you had any moments, uh, have you had any favorite moments on stage or performing or writing or, or in music so far? And if you had any moments where um, you've maybe thought like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And how have you got yourself, how have you then psyched yourself up? Because you see, you, you know, you strike me as someone who's very like, you know, determined and, mm. um, you know, motivated to, su to succeed. Mm. But how... If, has there been a time when you've gone, I, don't, I don't, actually don't know if I can do this music thing? And then how do you tell yourself that you can? I think early on in the album writing process, because it was the first time that we'd done it, first time that I had personally done it, it was, uh, there was so much self-doubt mm. in, in, in what you're doing. Um, you know, you write something and you think, oh, actually, you know what, this is fucking shit, you know? And that, that took a little bit of, um, you have to kind of G yourself up and, and, and remember Actually, Ash, you're fucking good, mate. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You know you're good because people buy tickets to come and see you and you know you boot yourself up from this and that. So whenever you get those moments where you're where you're like, actually I'm not sure whether just nip it in the bud and say to yourself, It's not an accident why I'm in this position at the moment. Yeah. Like everything that I've done up until this point has led me to be here. Uh so stop worrying about it, you know? And that's kind of how I approach sticky moments like that, self-doubt or, or, or whatever. Um, in terms of uh, favourite moments on stage, um, Port Elliot Festival we did twice. And that was an amazing experience because we were on at 1am. Like right. And when, when I was told what, what slot we were going to have, it was they were like, yeah, you're playing Sunday, 1am. So it's technically Monday morning. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Right. Great, the graveyard shift. Yes, really no yeah. one there. Yeah, got there. My God, the place is jumping. Cor Cornwall is the place to be. Let me tell you. Let me right? tell you. If you want a good festival that isn't that expensive, Aye. and you get like, because you know, it's not. It's, you're not talking like Glastonbury numbers of people, but it's, mm. it's Cornwall do some good festivals. Right. So we we got there and we're like, okay, these these people are they're not ready to turn up. They're already turned up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got on that stage at 1am and we just, you know, I'd, I'd driven the van like eight hours. It took us to get there or whatever. And it was 1am. We were all knackered, 
tired, whatever. Got on stage, performed for an hour, and it was just sweaty and funky, and everyone was just with us, and it was just like a fever in that tent. That was one of my favourite moments on on stage. Amazing, yeah. I think, and I think, as you're saying, like it's those moments that then that's what you tell yourself when you're having those those low moments. Like, I don't know if I can do this, and you go, hold on a minute. We've just done this, and we've done this, and I've played there, and everyone's loved it. Right. So you know, we're on the one of the previous podcasts we we were talking about, I was talking about this and how sometimes people just do need to count their blessings and just sit there and go, actually, I'm I've done this, and it's uh, everything's going well, and it's all good, and it's just you know, you, there's so much evidence to show that you can do this. Right. There's, you don't need to doubt it. Sometimes you need to give yourself a break. Yeah. People don't do that enough, I don't think. And also not take yourself so seriously. Yeah. Because I'm a great believer in, you know, we are but mere specks of dust in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. We really don't matter. Yeah. Like what we're <laughs> yeah. trying to do doesn't matter. It doesn't impact anything long term. We're just here for a very, very short time and you're going to try and do the best that you can in that short time. So, don't take yourself too seriously. Laugh a lot and just have fun. Yeah. And remember what you're passionate about. Amazing. Yeah. That's such good advice. Um, we wrap up with uh, the go-tos, which are like, a, I say it's quick fire. It's never quick fire. So I'm just going to stop calling it quick fire. Okay. Podcast. But so it's just um, a couple of things or a couple of little tips or tricks that you use to um, yourself up or, or whatever or whatever the first thing that your first port of call in various situations basically okay well firstly as i as i just said the first sentence i always say to myself is you're here because you deserve to be here yeah that's the first thing i say uh in terms of picking myself up if i if i get off a gig and i'm coming home or whatever i'm down i think it's really important to have things outside of what you're being paid for that you enjoy yeah hobbies you know like yeah whether it's watching boxing or watching Netflix or um, I play football once a week. I do kickboxing on a Saturday if I'm here in the day. Um, going out with friends, eating, drinking, like having a laugh, socializing, yeah. you know, stuff that isn't music orientated and, uh, and things that you're not being paid for that you enjoy, I think are very important and you should do them as much as you can. Yeah. Brilliant. Do you have a, um, if you're feeling like stressed mm. and you're nervous or stressed or whatever, what's your go-to to relax yourself to just chill out? Um, I think sometimes taking a quiet moment um, yeah. by yourself somewhere, just plonk yourself down on a, on a sofa. If you're at a gig, you know, go and find a, a space somewhere in a green room or whatever and just having a moment to yourself, just away from it all, just relax, breathe and... Um, and just kind of get your Zen place. I, I suppose it's a, it's a form of meditation, I suppose. Yeah. Um, a crude form of meditation. But yeah, just kind of zen yourself out and just clearing your mind just for a moment um, before you go and do something something cool. Yeah. Um, do you have a go-to if you're angry and you're like, I need to I need to take this, I need to release this anger somehow. What is your, do you have a go-to? Thai kickboxing. Great. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, like I get to kick the shit out of loads of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and just imagine that it's people. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Combat sports is great for that. Yeah, listen, more musicians should get involved in boxing. Yeah, it's good. It's probably bad for your hands. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. To be fair, to be fair, but um, but but still, combat sport. Yeah, definitely. You know, or sports in general. I think pretty much everyone so far on this like go to anger thing. Lots, so many people have said exercise or mm. some form of like just getting it out of your body just by moving lots. And I, I think especially if you're, if it's combat related, it comes out a lot quicker. Yeah. No, I, I don't do, I should do more exercise than I do. I, I do as much as I can, but exercise is so good for just releasing tension in yourself. Yeah. And because like it's endorphins, I think you release, isn't it? The chemical. And um, you just feel great the next day when you wake up, water and exercise. Perfect what, combination. What more could you possibly need? Exactly. Um, a couple of, uh, Slightly stupider ones. Go on. Uh, what is your go-to movie snack? Uh, sweet and salted mixed popcorn. Mick? Oh, as in both together. As in together. Yeah. Right. That's strong. I've never really been a popcorn fan though. Really? But until, uh, I said this on the last podcast, but I'll say it again because I think it's amazing. Mm. Um, take So if you get it in a bag, the popcorn, 
go and get your, your favorite like small chocolate. So I normally do crispy M&Ms, mm-hmm. the, the ones in the blue packet, or you, minstrels are popular, Maltesers, whatever. Pour them into the bag of popcorn, then like shake it up. Wow. And then you get chocolate and popcorn combo. Very exotic. It's great. I would Sounds strongly great. recommend. I'm to try that. Strongly recommend. Um, and the last one, I saved this one on my go-tos because I have a very specific question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your go-to toast topping? <laughs> uh, okay. Peanut butter. Right. Big fan on, on toast for me. Um, if there's no peanut butter available, then Marmite. Oh, see, you mentioned this earlier and I was, I was scared that this was going to... What? I don't like Marmite. You're not a big Marmite fan? No. Really? Well, you know what they say. You either love it or you, or you or hate you, it, yeah. right? Yeah, that's me. I'm not a big Marmite fan. Like Twiglets, no thanks. Oh, twig- oh hey, no. Twiglets are an amazing maize-based snack. No. Twiglets are where it's at, mate. What's your What's your favourite crisp? Oh, what a question. Um, not really, Sam, not really. I know, because I love crisps. <laughs> I love crisps. Like, if there's crisps and dip, I could eat crisps and dip for I'm, days. Be, I'm with you there. Yeah, but what kind of dip? Um, sour cream yeah yeah sour chive. cream and chive yeah that's yeah. probably the thousand staple. island thousand island <gasps> i don't know that no way oh, no I'm serious not. yeah no i genuinely don't know what it go is. to your supermarket right yeah find a like a a, a dip selection quartet right. is that the pink one yeah oh see yeah. i've only ever known the it as the one. pink one right right <laughs> yeah no that is good i do like that it's very good i don't know what my favorite is i mean it changes depending on my mood i'm, I'm a big pringles fan mm-hmm. um for dipping, if I'm having crisps and dip, then like kettle chips or like that kind of, or, or never plain, always salt and vinegar. Salted, cracked black pepper. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, or salt and vinegar strong. Or, but if I'm going for like a meal deal, mm. I like sun bites. Okay. Good. Sweet chili sun yeah, bites yeah, yeah. are strong. Sunflower oil. Or the, uh, the salt and vinegar squares. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I love crisps. I could eat crisps for days. But not a big fan of Twiglets. No. Anything Marmite based. No thanks. Boo. Give that a miss. Big fan. Um, my the reason why I saved the toast one to last mm. is that anyone who knows you uh, knows that you have a specific saying <laughs> that you say a lot that I've never understood. <laughs> I thought now would be the perfect opportunity for you to enlighten the world on the 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 story behind cheese on bread. Cheese on bread. Um, you know what? <laughs> cheese on bread. Cheese on bread is a Caribbean thing. Right, okay. And it, it it's from, it's it's a Caribbean uh, um, thing that I think came from my nana or granddad. Not from them specifically, but like, I think that's where I was introduced to it. Right. Cheese on bread. It's just like an, an, it's an exclamation that can be used for a plethora of Oh, you see, I just thought things. it was amazing. I just thought, you know, something amazing happened. You were just like, oh, cheese on bread. And I was like, <laughs> what? Cheese on bread. Because like, don't get me wrong, I, I love cheese on bread. Is yeah, it, cheese on toast is great. Cheese sandwich, sure, why not? There's really no deep meaning behind cheese oh, okay. on bread. I, I, I really, know it's disappointing. I know having some big, big story. Right, right. There but was this time. In there was this yeah. one time when um, cheese saved me, and, <laughs> and all I had was a slice of bread. Now, there's there's no deeper meaning. It's really not that um, interesting. But it's just an exclamation phrase that I think originated in the Caribbean. the Caribbean again I probably got it wrong as I said it's probably from Botswana or, or God, wherever Botswana yeah. is really churning it's, out some right. great stuff absolutely yeah yeah they're at the forefront the vanguards um, yeah the Caribbean somewhere in the Caribbean there we go I'll have to I'll have to go on holiday and just see if I can see if you can hear it go on a quest it's right. the new Indiana Jones just go movie. to Brixton you'll hear it <laughs> yeah it's probably cheaper to get there than it <laughs> yeah. is to fly so. to Jamaica I'd say so um, brilliant uh, the last question of the podcast mm-hmm. um which I, I always think is the most important one, is uh, what makes an Ashton Jones the happiest an Ashton Jones can be? Ooh, that's a good question. The happiest that I can be is uh, knowing that I have achieved something. Right. Um, greater than the last thing that I achieved. Yeah. And uh, that's obviously very personal to whoever, to, you know, to everyone. They only have their own goals and whatever. But um, for, for me, if I, a sense of achievement makes me incredibly happy um and also the standard being around friends and family spending time with people that you love and uh you know chilling out with them and going out for dinner and and having cocktails together those two things achievement dinner cocktails family friends yeah what what what's not to love (laughs) 
what is not to love brilliant well thank you so much for coming on and talking to me about cake mate thanks for having me it's been wonderful could have chat for the next three hours mate yeah i mean <laughs> why not no we should, we should wrap it up because otherwise that's the thing like podcasts when they ramble on for like four hours I'm no like, one cares oh. yeah right, right right but no thank you so much thanks man wonderful it. cheers Sam. amazing So there we have it. Finally, the meaning behind the classic Ashton Jones phrase, cheese on bread. The biggest of thank yous to Ash for coming over and recording this with me. When everything is back to normal, you must go and see the Ashton Jones project. It's an incredible live music experience that you won't forget. You can also stream their debut album Toast now on all streaming platforms. Lockdown is an incredibly tough time for everyone. So I hope the little pick-me-ups we chat about not only with Ash, but in all of our episodes can maybe make isolation life a little easier for you. If you enjoyed the podcast, give it a share. And if you think anyone would find our little pick-me-up tip super helpful and maybe make someone's day a little easier, why not send it to them as well? Give the podcast a like and follow us on Spotify so you never miss an episode. You can also follow me on Instagram at Sam Every Bakes to stay up to date with all my podcast news and it's where you'll find the pictures of all of our guests' chosen bakes. My name is Sam Every, and this has been The Mental Breakdown. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, stay indoors, but nip to the fridge and grab yourself a treat. Goodbye. <laughs>